The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Hello everyone and welcome to the Echo Chamber. I'm Maya Pavinska-Sims, the Homes Report's EMEA editor and I'm here in London today with a duo of passionate practitioners, Nikki Regazzoni and George Blizzard, co-founders of virtual international PR agency, The PR Network. Welcome ladies to the studio. Hello, hello. Hi there. Thank you, Maya. Uh, Nikki, George, thank you for coming along for a chat. Tell us a bit, George, about how you guys met. Well, we actually met on a Hindu, would you believe it? Uh, we both sussed out that we worked in PR, and as I've learned 16 years later, Nikki often has a few uh, footwear issues. <laughs> After a lot of dancing Explain. on the dance floor, um, we, we bonded over um, a bit of glass and a foot. But anyway, we got talking, we stayed in touch. You came to work with me where I was currently working at Byte Communications okay. back in the day doing tech PR. Um, and over that period, probably worked together for about a year or so, we just created the idea probably over a few glasses of wine post-work. So, Nikki, what prompted the idea of doing something that wasn't a traditional PR agency? Um, well, I'd already sort of taken a step off the traditional agency career ladder. I mean, I'd been freelancing for a little while. I freelanced with Georgia Byte, as she mentioned. Mm. Um, and I noticed a few things on my travels out around and about um, the agency world and kind of working for myself in that um, there seemed to be a real kind of appetite and need on the client side to access senior freelance, um, you know, um, experienced consultant expertise in certain areas. Um, and also, um, I was going around and meeting lots of freelancers like me who'd chosen for whatever reason to go it on their own, didn't want to work um, for anybody else um, for whatever reason. Maybe they had a family or they just had other things they wanted to pursue. Um, and um, I thought, this is quite interesting. You know, maybe rather than um, setting up another agency, you know, there are many of amazing, amazing agencies out there, yeah. particularly in the tech world where George and I both come from, we could set up a different kind of business um, which would pull together the fantastic um, array of freelance consultant experience out there um, pull those people together as a kind of united force and provide access to that resource to clients in a range of different markets. Um, George had actually just had her first baby um, was kind of apprehensive about continuing in the traditional agency mm. world and we wanted to do something together so really as George said we kind of cooked up this idea over a glass or two um, in a bar in Ellsfield and we thought let's set up a, a, an agency with a different kind of model we didn't want to have lots of employees we didn't want to go down that road and we wanted something that would work really well with families obviously George had a baby I didn't at that point certainly intended to mm. um, and it really just went from there and it kind mm. of snowballed we tested the idea on a few potential clients um, you know people that we knew and trusted um, and people thought, yeah, it's a fantastic idea. And, um, and we just set up the business and I thought we'll call it the PR Network. It's what it says on the tin. It's a network of yeah. consultants that we know that come to us on recommendation from people we know and trust. Um, and our client network is very strong as well. We'll put the two together and see what happens. And so that was nearly 15 years 15 ago. 15 years yeah, ago. So yeah, what yeah. shape is the business in now? How are you doing? 
pretty good shape. Yeah, so we bill about, I think last count, 2.2 million this year. Um, we have uh, what we call our network, which is essentially um, a freelance network. We call them associates. And just to clarify on that point, so these aren't people who come in and out, do the odd bit freelancing, and then go traveling. These are people who are really grounded in their industry. Mm. They're senior. They've got their own enviable black book of contacts. They're actually go-to experts, probably around 15 years plus experience. Yeah. Uh, to date, we probably have 1,800 of those worldwide. Oh, wow. And if you think about the, the scale of that network, I mean, we just started with just two of us when we set up in 2005. Um, but we are, I think last year, was it 30 countries we worked in? Yeah. So we go way beyond the UK. Yes, mm. the UK is our heartland for those senior consultants, but we work with people Mexico, across Asia Pacific, uh, but Europe and UK certainly is probably where we're best known. So it's properly international. Yeah, yeah. properly. Um, so how does it work then? A client comes to you or you in a brief. How do you, how do you work out? which out of those many uh, associates are the best put together for that client? So, yeah, um, I think over 14 years it's been about finding that perfect fit and I suppose that's where we really differ. We have a kind of little bit of a, a bit of alchemy that goes on there in terms of how we know to make that work. Um, we obviously have a very good database, but it's essentially we have this... This team, I suppose, that work with us are partners that we're all very much ex-agency. So we know how to build a good team. We know how to manage a good team. Um, but yes, it's down to skill fit. But I think equally important is that cultural fit. So understanding how that would work best with the clients. So we we're able, mm -hmm. being kind of practicing practitioners ourselves, we're able to interrogate that brief as well really well to kind of really understand. We're essentially building a virtual agency or virtual team, I suppose, for mm -hmm. that client. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think the benefit of our model is that we're not confined to the people on our payroll. Uh, you know, we've got this um, extensive network um, of yeah, 1,800 plus consultants all across the world. We can really look at what the brief is and match the, that to the people in our network yeah. that will best fit at any one time. So I think a lot of our clients um, like to work with us and have worked with us for a very long time because we can flex that up and down. So it might be that, you know, one month they need um, support in a certain area and then another month they need something else. Perhaps they've got an event going on or there's a big launch um, or they need to you know, halt the, the consumer side of things and, um, you know, uh, focus on something else. For example, we work a lot with Zipcar mm. and we can handle everything for them with their agency of record in the UK. We do all their B2C, all their B2B, all their public affairs. Um, and that account has very much changed over the six years that we've had mm. it and we've kind of adapted the team that we have. So I think we've had, I don't know, I guess between five and ten different consultants working on it at any one time. Um, and we just add people and take them away depending on the brief. You know, it doesn't have to work on a set retainer basis. Mm. It's very much sort of project-led, which we can do because we've got a low fixed cost base. And internationally, I mean, it's it does sound like you've got a proper international network there. How does how does that work? I mean, do, are clients quite receptive to the idea that you can really deliver on an international brief? Yes, I believe so. Yes, I think that's been a huge growth for us in the last the last you know at least five years. I think we've looked at that really heavily. Um, we're working with um, agencies and, and companies in the US that want to come over to Europe and take it beyond the UK, particularly with Brexit being an issue that's mm. becoming increasingly important. Um, and we're able to help people who don't necessarily have um, boots on the ground I suppose looking at other regions mm. uh, we're able to make that budget be quite flexible again Nikki talks about in terms of sector and experience but also geography mm. so you can move that budget from one country to another dependent on where the priority is whether yeah. it's a launch or whether there's a quieter period in some European countries for example mm. um, so that that 
that works really well, I think, and see, I see that growing more and more. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a big focus for us this year and beyond. And I think I would just add to that for clients or, or prospective clients that are looking at going into a new market and testing the water, um, it's a, our model is a fantastic way to do that because rather than having to go out into different countries and, and um, review and um, meet a series of agencies and then make a selection mm. only to do perhaps a small project or work in that market for a little while and then see whether it's worked or not, you can hire a freelancer through us, have it managed via our hub of client service directors, see how it goes and then continue or pull back as you need to. And mm. um, we did a project like that for Viagogo a few years ago and we did it in very um, diverse markets, the Netherlands, Japan um, and a couple of other countries um, around the World Cup and it worked really, really well and the head of comms there just said it was a no-brainer because otherwise she would have had to go out to those four countries and go through a whole agency review process. Um, we work with agencies in that well, way yeah, as well yeah. as partners. So okay. some of the big agencies, ad agencies and PR agencies, they might not have boots on the ground in certain random countries but they want to be able to support their clients so rather than go out and try and find you know through an agency network or find a new partner they can simply tap into our freelance network and we will kind of handle the you know the legwork of finding the right partner and and sort of oversee the project and that hub piece you talked about has been really crucial in our growth as well so being able to act as another kind of a virtual PR manager virtual MIA PR manager for those clients and just help run all of those disparate Mm. countries because you know it people want scale now and they want it really quickly yeah, and you yeah. need that extra person to oversee that so it's not just having those people on the ground but also that person overseeing that and that's certainly been a growth area for us with a couple of wins last year mm. for sure so there's there's the agility and flexibility oh, yeah. for for you guys and for your for your clients do i mean we talked about cost effectiveness a little bit nikki do, do people assume you're cheaper are you cheaper i mean are you more cost effective than a, mm. a we don't big like the word cheap network Maya, obviously <laughs> we are i'm not saying <laughs> we are <laughs> <laughs> we would like to say, yeah, we say we're better value, you're better value in that yeah. through our model. That's clients. why you're in PR and I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> we know how to put it best. Um, but you can obviously decide to make of that what you want. But um, yeah, we, we like to think that with our model, clients are accessing senior consultancy at, mm. you know, a, a, a f- not a fraction of the price, but certainly less than yeah. they would have to pay if they went to a traditional agency. Um, not that we're doing those agencies down, as I say, yeah. we work with a lot of them as partners, and sometimes that that model is going to work better for certain kinds of clients. Yeah, yeah. But in some situations, yeah, we we are we certainly are, are competitive on price. I say, yeah, absolutely. I say that comes in less and less as a as a question. I'd say as Does well, it? it's more just that fit I think we've just got really good over 14 years of building a bespoke team Mm. and that's just worked really well for us and plus the market's changed you know there's a lot of senior consultants out there um there's more scope you know there's more people available Mm. who are really really good at what they do Mm. and don't want the constraints of to, you know a normal nine to five so that's really helped us grow as well I'd say so as well as going down well with the clients it's going down well with the you know there's more yeah, there's model, more yeah. senior freelancers around there in the are. market aren't there yeah what's that down to are, I mean are all of them women who have had kids and can't get back no. into the agency no. world or don't want to go back into agency no, I'd world say that, I'd say that's very much an assumption that yeah. probably isn't fair um, yes obviously Nikki and I are two of those people that started off like that but um, I'd say there's more and more people just you know the, the world's changing people want something different out of how they mm-hmm. operate we talk a lot about flexible working nick and i've always talked about that because we work very flexibly but it's blended working really people want their life to blend with 
their work. Um, they want more say about who they work for, when they work, where they work. Mm. And, you know, the talent drain is moving out of London. So, you know, and we do lots, you know, we talk about international, but actually regionally as well. Mm. We're able to have a really nice um, overview of the whole of the UK. And we do that for some clients where we're able to get people in, in store, for example, if they're a retailer, um, but all, all over the UK. Um, so, yeah, I say the market, obviously, when we started, there was a recession, yeah. which I think changed the landscape a little bit. And we've capitalized on that. But there, more and more people are choosing how they operate. You know, there's, you know, we talked briefly before this about the virtual PR agency group we run for the PRCA. But yeah. there's a burgeoning growth in this type of business. Um, mm. We're lucky we've been doing it for 14 years, but there's many coming up now through the ranks. And it, it's it's a new model. And there's a new opportunity. Yeah. What What's the size of the market now? I mean, tell me a little bit about that PRCA group that you're leading. Yeah, yeah we... we um Really, on the back of sort of what we felt we were seeing in terms of a change in our business, um, as George mentioned um, earlier, um, you know, we built 2.2 million last year. That was a 30% growth on the previous year. Um, we won, I think, five large accounts, very large accounts, big brands um, last year. And um, we thought this is interesting. We see that there's a change in, in um, you know, in the market. Clients are becoming more receptive to our model, our way of working. You know, mm. there are various reasons for that. Um, and so we went to Francis Ingham um, at the PLCA and Steve Miller, and we talked about this. And we said, this is quite interesting. You know, we really want to try and um, develop this virtual agency um, model as a, as a formal category within the industry. Um, mm. It's difficult to see, you know, what the total billings might be because it is still a burgeon, burgeoning um, sort of sub subgroup if you like um, but we went out there um, I think probably a year almost a mm-hmm. year ago and we yeah. launched the group last November but sort of summer last year we went out there and we said look we've got the support of the PLCA we're going to set up a new group if you are running a virtual agency and that does mean different things to different people yeah, yeah. Um, there's quite strict criteria I noticed on the on the page yeah. it's got to be it's not just about freelancers and sole traders no. and it, a couple of grand turnover it is can't it? be really we did set quite strict criteria yeah. with the PLCA because we either want this to be a group that um, where the, the individual agency owners can help and support each other in the mm. kind of development of the sector. Um, so we set those criteria as must have a sort of a minimum turnover of a certain amount. You know, must be working with um, clients in a certain way, harnessing freelance support rather than um, you know the model which is very common of one freelancer harnessing you know bringing on another to ser- service yeah. one client. So now we have in terms of the sub size of the space, we had interest from I'd say between fifteen to twenty people of which we selected. Um, 12 so they're actually 13 members of the group George and I co-chairs so we're, we're the two and then we have 12 other agencies okay. one is Sarah um, Sarah Waddington as she is now um, who runs her own consultancy business um, another is Angie Wiles who runs um, the Difference Collective and yep. she set up Virgo Health so she's healthcare we're a really broad sort of group of, in terms of industry expertise and backgrounds but really everybody is very passionate about this quite different way of working yeah. harnessing technology and Disparate, a disparate workforce to deliver excellent yeah. uh, results to clients with no sort of compromise in terms of the opportunities to the people they're working where they want when they want or to the clients in terms of the consultancy they're getting because mm. it is first rate tell me about the technology how do you work together in that set i mean that must have made this whole enterprise a hell of a lot easier i mean we work as part of a, yeah. a global team so we have various tech tools to make the homes report make you know work as a um, as a global publication what what do you use Oh, we've tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple. I mean, 
We, we use kind of video conferencing facilities. We use obviously, you know, I mean, our, our phone and our Macs are in our bags at all time. Um, we get together very regularly as well, mm-hmm. although, yes, we are based virtually and we don't have a physical office, a physical kind of shop front. But we're, I mean, it's all about the culture more than the technology, I'd say. Mm-hmm. The technology enables it, but it's about how we communicate regularly how we see each other. So even if, you know, um, Eileen, who works one of our teams, she's in Cornwall, but we see her probably every day because she's on a video call. So, right, okay. you know, the technology has made that culture much easier mm. um, to set up. But, um, yeah, it's, it's that's... Yeah, we're probably using the same kind of tools and technologies yes. that most agencies are. Yeah. Um, obviously, with our team, you know, we have a core team of... There are seven of us, seven... Um, yeah, permanent um, right. par- partners and employees of the company the and then team, supported yeah. by this 1,800 plus people all around the world. Okay. Um, so yeah, technology is key, but we do try and look into the whites of each other's eyes as well. Okay, that's a tiny bit scary. Stuck in a basement studio with Nikki, looking into the whites of my eyes. <laughs> George, no, stop. Um, tell me a bit about other benefits for clients. So we've talked about agility, flexibility, mm-hmm. value, we're mm-hmm. saying, not that you're cheap. Yeah. And tell me about other benefits. Why do clients love working with you? Did you did you do some research last year into um, the credibility and the the receptiveness? Yeah, that of was clients? really part of this sort of, as I said, this kind of sense we were getting that you know the market had turned a corner. And whereas for the first, probably the first, sounds like a long time, ten years yeah. or so, we were getting a lot of questions from clients about you know, but how does it work if you're not in the same building? Yeah. You know, they didn't really get that often teams aren't in the same place all the time anyway. Um, or you know, but how how does it work if you're not employed? You know, not using employees. I think those sort of um, issues seem to be moving away, and clients were. We're right. getting over them, if you like. So, along with setting up the group, we thought we'll do some commission a piece of research and just see whether you know we're right in this sort of sense that things are changing a little bit. So, we did a piece of um, we just did a sentiment check with um, Imogen Osborne, who runs the Pulse business. Um, we surveyed, I think, around fifteen hundred communications mm-hmm. yep. directors, heads of comms um, yep. in loads of different sectors across the world um, about whether they understood what we meant by virtual agencies, whether they thought it would be a credible choice for their business now or in the future. Um, and 61% of them said that, yes, they would. Um, so that was obviously very pleasing yeah, for us yeah. and sort of backed up what we were seeing. That hopefully this wasn't a flash in the pan. We just happened to win five massive accounts in one year and then yeah. maybe never again. Um, but, yeah, that was... Uh, and that why was do you think why do you think that sentiment is changing? And what are the barriers to that being an even higher percentage of that cohort that you surveyed? I just think the world's changing. I think people do work differently. I mm. think the the whole workforce is much more flexible. I mean, you, you can open a paper any day of the week, and it's the future of work. And so the, the workforce has moved on. People are much more um, aware of how they want to work and how they want to operate. So therefore, it matters less. You know, if you're if you look at your PR agency as one of your suppliers, it matters less to you how they operate. Mm. Certainly, that used to be a question. How's it has it worked? We never get asked that anymore. Mm. You know, and management consultancies, the likes of Accenture, they're not asked that either. They have yeah. a very similar model with people on the bench and how they pull in expertise. It's all about the outputs, the quality of the expertise, the quality of the council, mm. and that has no bearing on your geography. Plus, you know, the ge- geographic boundaries, obviously, we've got Brexit, the big boundary coming up. But in reality, you know, the it, cultural boundaries are, are shrinking. Mm. So you could have someone who works for you in Paris who is fluent in French and German um, you, and English who can kind of run your campaign from there. So you mm. don't really need that office presence mm. like you did before, in, in our, our opinion, mm. certainly our experience. 
And I think maybe clients, you know, in our in-house clients are perhaps looking for some sort of hybrid option between, you know, their traditional kind of outsourced agency model and then hiring additional headcount, which they perhaps can't get sign off for in-house as well. So they yeah. need some sort of, you know, um, option between the two. And our model provides the perfect way to do that yeah. because they can engage senior support as and when they need it. You know, we have we provide virtual teams to a lot of clients, but some of our clients also, you know, rely on those people quite heavily mm. week, week in, week out. You know, sometimes it's quite often happens somebody from one of our clients will go on maternity leave or we can second someone from mm-hmm. our agency into their office right. for that period of time and then pull them back out again they'll just go back into the team well again to do that with a traditional agency is really quite it might be prohibitively expensive so it's just accessing that additional support and expertise whether you need more time more specialism or whatever it might be mm. you know we can provide that through our network yeah, super on, on tap if you like yeah and yeah. there's room for all of us so we as Nikki said at the beginning we do we work with agencies as well and we work we quite often on a roster with a client where there may be a traditional agency and then maybe us and then there may be someone in-house. So it's, it, I think people like having that choice mm. and that breadth, I suppose. Um, so that, you know, there is certainly room for, for all models, I'd say. And what, what sort of services do you offer? Is it kind of classic PR or I'm guessing with the breadth of expertise you have across the world, mm. you can kind of bolt on anything that's yeah, related to that's com, the idea. modern comms. Yeah, that's the idea. Certainly um, when we set up 14 years ago, it was predominantly media relations, mm. um, content kind of copywriting. But now, yeah, we absolutely could do anything from digital engagement, um, public affairs, I think you touched mm. on earlier, internal comms, yeah. integrated comms, influencer management. There's, there's a whole remit Um across geographies. I mean, some of those territories will be less advanced than others in terms of what the associate model is there, so Mm. what the associates can offer. Um, But certainly, yes, that's the ideal, is that we can do all of that. And are there any kind of sizes of companies or sectors or specialisms where this model works best? Or could could you literally go and work for anybody, do you reckon? I think it works in every sector. There are certain sectors that perhaps might be the exception, which are very regulated. For example, healthcare is a good example. Right, okay. um, I think in terms of size of company um, or brief, you know, a, a very large um, brand which needs a 24 by 7 press office might not be the, the account for us. And we mm. might mm-hmm. think that that might sit better in a traditional agency. And we wouldn't right. accept or um, want to go for every opportunity that comes to us as well. Right. Probably um, the ideal client for us and, the, the you know, the, the kind of company we might be an ideal partner for would be a kind of... A, you know, a mid-size organisation which has a really decent budget. Um, we do work with startups where we see they have big yeah. potential, obviously, and we're a good fit for them. But, you know, a company, um, you know, which needs um, access to a very diverse range of experience that we can help by providing a large team um, and grow that, you know, sort of scale with them as their business grows. Those are the kind of clients that we like to work with and, and actively go out and look for. And tech companies, obviously, they mm. get it. They get yeah. it because they operate like that. So they totally get how... Yeah, the, the model works tech for companies them. and tech enabled companies. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, Zipcar. It's obviously, um, I'm sure we're all familiar with Zipcar, but you know, it's a it's a company that's enabled by tech and underpinned yeah. by technology um, in terms of its app and everything else. So, so. apart from um, Zipcar, give me an example each of client work that you're really proud of that's really played to the strengths of the virtual network. Mm. Are we allowed Are we to talk about Zipcar again? <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah, baby, baby. It's her baby. No, um, totally. So uh, I just didn't think who we're allowed to mention, but um, there's a very large telcos provider. Um, I may not mention by brand, but you could probably guess 
um, which has a really we we sit alongside a number of other agencies. They have huge budgets. They have a multiple. They have a consumer agency, a B two B agency, a corporate agency, and we handle that regional. I think I mentioned it before, but we were perfectly positioned um, to provide them with on the ground support, whether that be a rollout for a launch or a crisis support, or, or even just a, a, a sanity check, or like a pulse check of what mm. the sentiment is in that region. I think that's a really strong play for us. Um, and a, another big. Um, consumer tech brand, very popular with teenagers, they used us to enter a new market completely, mm. um, which for them was a really um, a, a, bit, a bit of a risk, I suppose, in some ways, but it's played off massively because we were able to kind of enable them to get to a, a different audience mm. um, and to uh, perhaps access some more niche. Because I think what our people bring is an expertise that perhaps you might yeah. not get in a traditional agency, so maybe a niche focus. Right. We were able to open up mm. for them as well. Um, any other Yeah, and with that example as well, I mean, we're talking, you know, we're talking anonymous, anonymously, but that's a good example because that's a cu- client that we've worked with in, um, you know, a, country, a large company, country in Europe, and they needed support or wanted support in a couple of different cities mm. in that country. And that would be, again, quite difficult for a traditional agency because they might just have a, you know, an operation office in one city, whereas we can, yeah. you know, we have freelancers all over the place. And we've, but that has been successful, that program, and we've now mm. expanded that into um, a couple of other countries in Europe as well. And that's how we tend to grow our accounts. We'll start in one market obviously it might be the UK yeah. and then we add on from there it might be which often happens um, you know tech firm coming over from the UK um, coming over from the US into Europe wanting to expand their footprint so again they might start in Germany and France that's often the brief yeah. that we get and then we might add on UK Italy yeah. and so on from there so they need to see if it works if they like it yeah. and then we will add on and, and grow, an, the, grow the business. Another one which kind of plays to our strength of really teamwork I suppose is um, where we act as a hub so we um, don't do the UK but we run the European hub for this uh, large American tech firm and we manage some of our people across the ground and some of their existing legacy people. So we won this last year as well. And that was a really nice one because... We, we get how to run networks. We run a network. Yeah. <laughs> we run the piano. So it was really nice for us to bring in and, and work with the existing legacy accounts, work with you know our compadres in the UK as well. And I think it showed that that, that kind of knowledge we built up in terms of running a really good team mm-hmm. works, even if it's not our team. You know, we can still do that. Yeah. I'll just talk about one more example where we can actually name names because yeah. it might be. No, a that would bit be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, NDAs have to be that secret. Yeah, no, we've worked with um, Toyota. Um, Oh, cool. for um, quite a few years now and we're really proud of that and that's quite an interesting more engagement model um, in that they hired us to um, provide support in a couple of different areas of their business so one was um, the kind of luxury side with the Lexus brand so we support on that with one associate who's got fantastic experience in that area um, and the other is that in their kind of technology um, side of things and really trying to um, help them gain some leadership sort of thought leadership on that side so mm. we put together a team of two associates um, and we've kind of flexed that up and down as people, you know, as the the in-house team has changed as well. Um, But we signed a new agreement last year for another two-year contract, which I think will take us to five years by the end of that. So that's a kind of an in-source model, if you like, because the team there does work quite often um, on-site in Epsom with the Toyota HQ um, to kind of support the in-house team. You know, so it's quite slightly different. It's not like, you know, Mm. working with an agency where they have a big office in London and you go to the agency and then you go back 
to your office again. You know how people go in and out of the office in a kind of but they're but they're they're working through the peer network, you know, with their agency for those areas of their business. It sounds like you've got a really close relationship with your clients. It sounds like they mm. are using you as genuine counsel, even where oh, yeah. looking at other agency relationships is concerned. I mean, do you do you feel that you're kind of closer to the closer to the nub of of what's going on in a company than maybe a, a, a an agency would be a traditional agency yeah, because I suppose sometimes you're talking about team as well so sometimes you're talking about how to bring that fit into their business and mm. that's quite that's quite close you know mm. that's not an agency and client relationship that's like a team mm. so when you're providing people like Nikki mm. talks about that kind of in-source model that needs to really work so you have to know that person really well or at least have really frank discussions about what is going to fit there so as I talk about alchemy earlier that that cultural fit for us is as important as that kind of skill set that kind of expertise I suppose and talking about that expertise and that talent um tell me a bit more about how you find the right people what 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 makes a good PR network associate Mm. um well we've built the network pretty much exclusively on referral so obviously there are a lot of PR freelancers in the UK and the world we don't necessarily want to work with all of them Um, we want to work with the best people um, and so we chose from the beginning rather than go out and advertise and say are you a freelancer would you like to join our network we've very much gone out kind of through people that we know Mm. and that did mean for the first year or two that actually we were turning we're more probably we were turning away briefs because we just didn't have that right fit so we decided on what would make a perfect PR network associate Um, you know they need to have minimum 10 years experience in some area of PR or comms whatever that may be they need to come on referral and um, they need to come with references which we will take up on the point of working with people um, mm. but I suppose beyond that they need to fit our kind of culture and ethos mm. and you know they need to uh, we need to get a feeling that they'll work in the same way as George and I and the rest of our team um, you know we've all come out of big agencies and we know how we we have high expectations of the way that we want to work and we need our associates to work in that way as well mm. while being while giving them free reign to work in their own way we certainly don't need to, or want to hold their hands mm. or tell them what to do but we need to, they need to represent us in the right way so we do so part of it's kind of you know we have a checklist do they fit those and then beyond that we, when we interview them we need to get a sense for are they peer network people um, and you know we do quite a lot of of work to try and build a community of freelance consultants that we feel um, you know work in the way that we are happy with and that we're giving something back to them because something that I found as a freelancer which is another mm. reason for setting up the business is that I, you know I'm a sociable person we tend to be quite sociable animals in PR I didn't really like I liked working for myself and having the control but I didn't like the mm. The isolation, the loneliness, you know, no water cooler yeah. moments. I've had it boring, you know, peaks and tro- I didn't like the peaks and troughs, troughs, ebb and flow of work. So we've tried to build a community where we have events for our consultants. You know, we try to communicate them regularly. We've got a small sort of core group of people that we love working with who we think are very loyal to us. And I suppose one more point I would make, which comes back to your earlier point about why clients like our model. Something else we offer is that our people are in it for the long haul. Mm. They're vested in their clients and in their work because obviously you're only so good as your last Mm. project. You know, they're not going to leave, whereas... Uh, you know that's something that clients don't like they spend a lot of time briefing people and engaging with them and buying into them but ultimately those people don't belong to that employer they belong to themselves and they may move on whereas our consultants some of them have yeah. been with us for since the beginning 14 um, years think of my other um, not, not probably not working on any clients for 14 years because our yeah. clients have you know been bought and sold and all the rest of it I don't think we've had any for that long maybe probably. six six or eight but probably Nikki's been in our network for that yeah, long yeah in, yeah, in, yeah no not Nikki I'm talking yeah, about yeah, clients yeah, yeah. but yeah Nikki Alvey we can probably name, name yeah, she was probably one of our my first, other Nikki <laughs> 
<laughs> I like to call it. But, you know, yeah, so, I mean, we've had some fantastic people that have been with us for a really long time. Yeah. And it is, I think, we're, and Nikki says, we're all people people, aren't we, in PR? And I think you just get a gut feel. You do get a gut feel. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, and also it's not for everyone, this, this way of life either, as you say. So... That's yeah, you need to define that out. We try and get yeah. a sense of are people committed to the long for the long term. Yeah. Are they just joining our network for five minutes while they find a before they go and find a permanent job? Yeah. If so, we obviously can't put them on our client accounts because that's you know we need to give clients yeah. the longevity. And keeping it real, what are the downsides? Because this all sounds like idyllic, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a perfect oh, solution. Downsides of working in this way. The, the, you know, what are what are the potential downsides or the challenge, real challenges of, the, of of having a virtual agency rather than a fixed permanent you know, it, something it, more traditional i think all, all of that sorry all of agency the, the the issue probably that everyone has is talent um but i suppose what we have is as we talked about it we perhaps you know over some of those years there hasn't been the 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 scope of freelance consultants that there are maybe at the minute so i suppose that could be one issue over the last 14 years um yeah, I, I, what would you say? Culture? I mean, we, you know, we haven't talked very much about our core team. We've talked mm. a lot about our mm. associates. We do have a, a fantastic core team yeah. of people who've been, you know, um, just to name check them, James has been with us since 2010. Mm. He joined, we worked together at CityGate for many years, so he's our MD. Um, then we have Russ and Eileen, who are our client service directors, UK and internationally. Um, and then Katie, who's just joined us from Golin, and Harriet, who's our finance yeah, we director. Yeah, And, you know, <laughs> we try and get it's together biggest. as often as we can face-to-face, but people are all over the UK, George mentioned Eileen's in mm. Cornwall we have someone in Nottingham someone at Essex Bath all the way I'm in Surrey like you Maya um, George is in Tunbridge Wells so you know Posh, it would be it perhaps would be better if we could come together face to face as a team a little bit more often um, you know to, to bounce ideas around I mean mm. we did all get together yesterday um, I yeah. couldn't because one of my children was ill the juggle is real <laughs> um, the juggle is but, real but you know we do try and I would say obviously some things are better solved quickly over conversation than having to do it on Slack or email or yeah. trying to get on a conference call that you know you take you try five attempts and use different platforms and it still doesn't happen yeah yeah obviously you. some things you know that so that is i would say you know a real mm. a real downside one of the only downsides and um, what gets you guys up in the morning though what keeps you kind of passionate that you've been you've been doing this for a long time obviously fits really well with your your lives and yeah. your families but what's what are you both still um kind of passionate about in terms of driving this business forward um I think we're really proud of what where we've got to to date mm. um, from a nugget of an idea in an Ellsfield bar. I think also um, having each other, that being really cheesy, I think we have a really good, really strong partnership mm. that actually there's times when one has carried the other. Um, we've had, you know, all sorts. And I think that, that for well, us... Five, five babies. Five babies. Five years, few dogs. An Italian Riviera wedding. But I think I think that really, you know, when I look at other friends who do things differently, I think having each other has been a really brilliant thing mm. and actually kept, kept everything going when times are hard. Um, I think at the minute, uh, what gets us up and going, we're really passionate about what we do. We think we can make this a huge success, even mm. bigger than it is. I think also, um, for me personally, I think you as well, is flying the flag for like having flexible working mm. or a blended mm. approach. Like, 
I just really believe I'm a mum of three girls and I really believe that there are other ways of working that Mm. work for you and it's not perfect it's never perfect but life isn't perfect you know I'm always like you know saying yes Clemmy read her book when maybe she hasn't but um we've we've all all signed off the reading record (laughs) not Nikki she's a daughter of teachers I've never done that but um (laughs) but you know it's not perfect but you can have a chance at doing it all. And I yeah. do feel mm-hmm. like that is because we have some control on how we work. We we do this job share, and I'm really passionate about that, as you are, Nikki. Like, why aren't there more job shares? Yeah. It's yeah. a no-brainer. Like, we work three days each, and we've changed over 14 years. We've done once done the first half of the week, once done the second half of the week. We both worked together. We both worked differently independent weeks we've done it all different ways and I'd love to see more people do that if that's the one thing that I could change in the world would be that more women had the opportunity to have a job yeah. share yeah, yeah. and for employees you get two for the price of one I mean who doesn't love a bog off I mean <laughs> it is it's perfect all these amazing brilliant women leave the industry because yeah. it doesn't work Childcare's really expensive commute's really tough it doesn't work. And I think another so, reason for that, for people leaving, is that, you know, not it's not because an agency environment isn't right for the people. I think agencies try really hard, most of them, to yeah. keep fantastic senior women once they've had children. Um, I think, and it's not necessarily the client's fault either, because clients don't mind as long as they're getting what they need when they need it. I think the issue is that, you know, it doesn't work with the traditional billing model to have, you mm. know, two senior people available all week or round the clock. So you tend to just have, you know, whoever's running an account, um, they might be, if they've, once they've had children... They want they come back and maybe they're working four days a week or three. Well, that means there's a day a week when that person who's at the top of the account isn't around. Yeah. And so agencies worry about that. Clients worry about that a little bit. And then things happen on that day and that person probably still has to pick up the slack. Whereas my point is that, you know, if if more agencies and more in-house you know, more companies considered a job share doesn't necessarily cost any more money and then you have that senior person and yeah. this is something we've tried to enable through our model by putting these not we're talking about a lot about women now but putting people together who might have other responsibilities so across the week yeah. you know every day there is somebody senior enough to take a client call or handle a problem or to speak to a junior you know if it's in, in an agency speak to a junior solve a problem mm. you don't have that gap and I think that issue when you're working in a sort of high stress environment like you know in the world that we work in with clients in a client service environment I think that is part of the reason why people leave and it's a shame and I think that's yeah. we'd love that about our business that yeah. we've enabled lots of fantastic people to continue working without a compromise on the work that they're doing or who yeah. they're working with it's as close to a solution as I've heard to be honest you oh. know I'm in the same boat myself yeah. and it's it, it's it's hard juggling it, it and you know hard. you do four days a week as I've easy. done in previous <laughs> jobs and it's not four days a week it's no, no. six days well, you packed might get paid four. for you get paid for <laughs> and it's you know it's more days and that packed into four yeah. it's and, not and four it's days. a problem for those even who don't have children yet so um nikki and i also job share the we're on the committee for the women in pr and we do mm. their we run their mentoring program at the minute which is it's fantastic we really enjoy it it's really rewarding we choose 15 deserving applicants to, to match them with 15 senior women lead female leaders in our industry um and so many of those applications cite um that they're worried either they have children they don't know how they can continue or they worry about having children and continuing in this career so it's something I think as people people as we are in our industry we can address it and then we can tell the rest of the world how to do it properly but we should be able to it's a predominantly a female industry mm-hmm. uh, but not at the top yeah the female talent graveyard as they call it yeah. is, is pretty large isn't yeah. it and it really shouldn't be or the mommy track as they call it in the states mommy you track. get mommy no. tracked when you come oh, yeah. back because you're never going to 
No, yeah. it's a shame. Yeah, obviously, then that impacts or contributes towards the gender pay gap. Um, yeah, yeah. Still I mean, really it's, it's a completely circular. circular. It's completely yeah. circular. So that, so that I suppose gets us up. Is that trying to, yeah, a little bit of role modelling, maybe. Let's let's make the job share the thing. Mm. Yeah. So tell me about the future. Tell me about the future of your business and where you think virtual agencies are going to go. How scalable is it? How big can you get? I think the category is growing all the time. Yeah, mm. I think there's no reason why the growth opportunity isn't isn't infinite in that, you know, we're certainly not constrained by who's on our payroll. You know, we have this large network as to other virtual, you know, the, the other virtual agencies in our group. Um, I mentioned there are 12 and they're in all different areas of transport, environment, healthcare, yeah. um, business, yeah. whatever. Um, and they're developing their own networks. Obviously, they're, they're, most of them are sort of a little bit earlier on in their development than ours. But, you know, it's all about as long as you can access the right people in the right way at the right time for the client mm. at the budget, you know, in response to whatever budget they have, then there's no reason why it can't scale. And that's why, you know, George and I have been able to scale our business because we've built a team around us. So it's George and I, and then we have this fantastic management team and beyond that, this network. So if you can tap into that... Yeah. Actually, you're not. There's no constraint, and particularly now that you know the world is changing, the world of work is changing, geographical boundaries are removed, mm. clients are more open to working a different way. So why not? You know, yeah, we, we don't see. We've got quite quite ambitious growth yeah. targets. So we've got a five year yeah. plan that we're working on. Um, you know, and it's certainly got we big see plans. us growing in the same mm-hmm. way as we have over the last couple of years. And I, I say international. So coming back to where yeah. where do we see it next? I think international is probably the the biggest pull certainly if we're looking at what's happened over the last few years for us that's going to be yeah. huge well watch this space mm. everybody the <laughs> the, uh, the opportunity is infinite apparently. <laughs> um nikki and george thank you so much for coming in to thank talk to us know. in the echo chamber today about virtual agencies it's been absolutely fascinating and lovely to have you on board thanks very much thank you great to be here you've been listening to the echo chamber Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Today.